It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's happening, people? And welcome to It's All Blackademic with me, Jordan, your host. And I have a fantastic, packed and high quality panel of guests for this week's show. I'm joined by Jay, Joel, Sia, Dane and Scarlett. How are we all doing, people? Thank you very much for coming on this week's show. Um, I want to talk this week, guys, about comedy. Everyone loves a bit of comedy, but love to laugh. But I want to ask you guys on the subject of comedy if there is ever a line when it comes to comedy. Or if something makes you laugh, if something makes you tick, you know, when it tickles you in a certain way, that negates any possible sensitivities about the topic the joke is about. I'm going to come to the comedian on the panel moment, uh, but before I do, Scarlett, what do you think? When it comes to comedy, is there ever a line for you? Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Okay, so for me, I feel like people are just a bit too sensitive nowadays. And when it comes to comedy, as long as what's being said is true and you're going to laugh about it and kind of think, actually, yeah, that's right, then I don't feel like there's a line. I feel like you can just keep going. Yes, people do get offended, but if there's truth behind it, someone needs to say it. So if you're going to say it in a funny way, then yeah, so be it. Even if that truth or that topic is some, about something that on a sensitive level maybe, maybe I don't know, there's no real humour in that. If it's funny and it makes you laugh, it's kind of fair game. For me, For yeah. You. Does that make me a bad person? Not at all, no. <laughs> if you laugh, you laugh. Um, let me ask Dane, you know, you, you, this, is, this is your world, this is your business. Yeah. As a comic, do you ever, are there certain subjects, is there an unwritten rule amongst other comics, there are just something, areas you just don't go down that route? 
not necessarily. I think that uh, there are there are some schools where people feel there are some taboo subjects, but I kind of agree with Scarlett. And I don't think things are off limits. However, like the thing with truths, truths are all based on perception. So, like there is a very there is a difference between truths and facts. Because uh, I guess you want stuff to be backed up by facts if you're going to make an observation. But any statement you make, I don't think it's an issue about whether the line is about what you say. Because offence is something that can be take is taken, not given, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But it's more of a question of if you're going to make a statement, then you have to be prepared to maybe defend that statement if it's going to move people emotionally, or just realise that there's going to be uh, consequences to any of your actions, whether you do it on stage or not. So let's say, for example, if you're, what you're saying, if you are in, if you're validating a stereotype. Uh, and um, you might offend people in your audience or that stereotype may be related to some kind of legislation. So for example, if you make a stereotype about black men uh, and then we're aware that black men get searched six times more often than anybody else, then you could be like, you know, validating that, but that outside of the stage. Because it's true. Well, yeah, it's true, but it's not even saying it's true, but it's more of a question. If you make a stereotype that kind of leads to people being treated a certain way, mm -hmm. then you're almost like you can you can be inciting like in oppression for somebody else. But I'd say rather more of a succinct way to put it is that I feel like you can say whatever you want as long as you're prepared to defend it. Because really, most observations and jokes are always going to be at somebody's expense. Mm -hmm. So for a lot of people that do complain about freedom of speech, it's like it's not so much that I feel a lot of people complain about freedom of speech. It's not the freedom of speech. It's more they want to speak without consequence and, I just, and it's just that's not how the world works no. so if you're going to say something like if you insult someone's a, a loved one or a relative then they might want to punch you in the face when you come off stage so it's like I, I think you've got to that. I'm not saying that you know by you, what you're saying that words should always lead to something physical but at the same time you know we are aware that like different aspects of art can elicit emotions and elicit certain actions so I don't think comedy is any different okay um Joel what about for you? Is, is, is it all fair game if it makes you laugh or yeah. are there certain things that you will not laugh at? There might be things I won't laugh at, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean that the comic shouldn't embrace the topic. Mm -hmm. You know, it's up to, I think a comedian should do what a comedian does. Mm -hmm. Try to find the funny in whatever they think there's funny in. So the and, heart of, oh, sorry, go on. Yeah, so, and, and from, from that point of view, they'll get regulated by the audience. Mm -hmm. You know, so if they do say something funny and it, and it doesn't go down well, um, don't they'll quickly know about mm -hmm. it. So, but I don't think that they, that should stop them from mm -hmm. trying to be funny or broaching subjects. I mean, I was at a show the other day, comedian tried to make funny of the nerve agent incident that happened up in Manchester, which is outside Manchester, mm -hmm. um, and one of the audience walked out. You know, so obviously that it was a close, intimate kind of uh, venue. So everybody was like, Ooh, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He's obviously not found the funny in what everybody yeah. else found funny, and to kind of follow on with what you're saying, truths and facts. You're right, perception, because. Mm. But this comedian saw fit to kind of blame the Russians yeah, and he yeah, thought yeah. it was funny because that's what he's been told. Mm. So, you know, I don't think that should stop people from comedians from broaching a subject, but um, you'll get regulated if it's not funny. Sure. Um, Jay, so the kind of what I'm getting from from you guys is that while the, the comedian has the right to uh, make jokes and material about whatever he or she wants to, if that is indeed the case, do you feel that there are some subjects that maybe shouldn't be like, well, off limits if they can find some skill or art in making content about that topic. So if I give you a few examples. So could a person find comedy value in the subject of rape? I would like to see him try that. Mm. I, I, I think for me, it's always gonna be about when it comes to sensitive issues or controversial issues, I think it's about 
what's the intent behind that joke and where and, and actually who is the joke on mm-hmm. you know is the joke on the woman because mm-hmm. if there is then that mm-hmm. yeah I'm presuming the, 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 the thing was a woman mm-hmm. there, but it happens yeah, both yeah, ways yeah. what I'm saying is is it is it is a joke on the victim or is a joke on the perpetrator it, you know there are so many you know uh, variables it would really depend it's like give me the joke for me, I think the line I think would be around children. Anything about paedophilia or anything like that, I'd be like, uh, I, there is no joke there for me. It's, fun, it's funny you say that, Jay, because uh, when I started doing comedy, like that was a very big point of uh, for a lot of comics as well. I was doing like mainstream gigs where, and predominantly a lot of white comics, like talking about paedophilia was uh, always a point that they felt for comedy and. Uh, I might not say it's funny. Who was the joke on? Was it on the victim or was it on the perpetrator? It, it would vary. It would vary. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's trying to make like, yeah, like light of a very grave situation. But I think it's an important thing, like I said, for most people to know that with comedians, rather than if you do hear something, for example, from a comic and it is offensive or it does make light of like molestation, for example, I've seen there's issues where people try and get into like uh, arguments when they're heckling comics. And I think the most important thing for people to learn is that if you want to get to a comic or you want them to feel what they said was wrong, don't laugh. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. having a back and forth because people can use that and, it, and it's, it's still a response that it, it's like an elicited emotion. Mm-hmm. But I'd say a lot of time people do feel offended by comics. The best way to deal with them, because essentially at the root, they're all seeking validation and recognition for it. Don't acknowledge them yeah. or don't laugh. And they can learn very yeah. quickly yeah. like that joke's not going to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, see ya. Is there ever a joke that you've heard or a set or stand-up that you've heard and someone has said something and you have kind of laughed but then caught yourself and thought, well, hang on a minute, maybe I shouldn't be laughing about that? Um, yeah, so I was at a show um, and the comic who had... Uh, this probably added to why I, I didn't find the joke funny mm. or why I was somewhat offended because he wasn't that funny, but he made a joke about <clears throat> Muslims mm-hmm. in reference to terrorism mm-hmm. um, and... Like one of the ladies next to me, I'm not Muslim, but I still was like, like it was very, very, very fine line. Mm-hmm. I feel like with comedians, they have such a power because you tell a joke and in some way, what you're saying shapes minds. Mm-hmm. So it's funny. So we run with a certain rhetoric because it's funny. So for example, if you find, I don't know, if you compare Islam to... Well, just even put the two together, Islam and terrorism together, yeah? Mm-hmm. As a comedian, people laugh, but it reinforces stereotypes that already exist. So then people carry on running with that, that, that rhetoric, do you understand? Mm-hmm. So for me, I feel like things like rape, for me, that's off, that's off the card. To me, that's not funny. No, I, don't, I, don't feel like, I don't feel like you can be... I don't know how funny... God would have to come down from heaven for you to make that... Because that is something that impacts people's life. It changes their life. Mm-hmm. It has a long-standing effect on someone's life. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like how you can... I don't feel like there's any way to make that funny. And I think that doesn't mean if I'm at a show and a comedian makes a joke about it, that I'll be like... Oh, do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I still understand that that's their line of work. Mm-hmm. And I still understand that other people may find that funny. Mm-hmm. And it also comes down to everybody's individual morals and values mm-hmm. and what's important to me. I, I don't think a rape victim will find it funny because they've been subject to that, do you understand? Same way a Muslim person might not f- find that funny because they've been a victim of being accused of terrorism, do you mm-hmm. understand? So I feel like it comes down to your individual morals and values. But for me, I feel like there is a fine line and I feel like, although we are in a hypersensitive society right now, I do feel like there needs to be boundaries 
somewhere along the line. Because okay. if there's not boundaries in something, you just keep going off on a tangent. And but the thing is, is that it's who set those boundaries. Mm -hmm. Because people's, people, people have different principles, different values. And so it's like, who is the principal police? Well, it's, like, it's, really, it's really hard because it's always shifting. Well, you know, those mm -hmm. jokes that were made about, you know, about Muslims and, terroris and terrorism, years ago it was Irish in terrorism do you know what I mean mm -hmm. it's just kind of the times that we and so it's very fluid and so it's very hard to then say well this is the line that's why that I think that's, that's why I think that, that as I said like I don't feel like it's it can be censored comedy can be censored mm -hmm. because what's offensive to you may not be offensive to me but for me I just feel like there is a line on certain things and I just want to find them yeah, funny. What if not a line there's definitely responsibility uh, yeah. as well go back to me saying that like for example if you are going to offend a particular group and that, and you receive a backlash from that group then you must be aware of that when you make that statement because I found with a lot of comics who are most outspoken about political correctness like myself I don't find this new I guess this current zeitgeist of sensitivity or political correctness a problem because I'm still going to say what the fuck I want irrespective of how people react so if someone's like I find it offensive I'll be like I don't care mm -hmm. so and I'll continue what I'm saying because I know I don't write stuff with, I didn't write it with you, I don't know you, so I didn't write this with the intention of, of directly offending you. Yeah. And I'll always make that point that I didn't, we didn't write this together, mm. so... And everyone's always going to yeah. take it differently, aren't they? Everyone, always so everyone's always going to offend someone. And, and, sometimes, and sometimes if you're having social commentary, sometimes when people get offended by what I'm saying, I'm like, good, because I said it to offend you. So a lot of time, you know, there are situations where I'm saying stuff like, well, if I'm dealing with social commentary, this narrative is supposed to offend or mobilise or awaken a certain group of people. So that's why I say it. But um, the point I want to make is that when people talk about like, oh, my freedom of speech and blah, blah, I feel like that is a real romanticised idea. And when people are talking about freedom of speech, it's really more about their privilege. Because we have never really had a state where there's been freedom of speech. Because as far as I'm aware, if you spoke up against the government in apartheid, for example, you'd go to prison. Or with Elijah Muhammad, before he started the Nation of Islam, he was arrested and imprisoned for sedition. Uh, Martin Luther King, non-violent protester, he was put in prison. You have Ofcom, so you regulate what's said on TV. You have libel laws or slander laws. So if you say something that is erroneous in like a publication, you can be fined or you can be imprisoned or you can lose your business. So we've never really had a point whereby you've been able to say whatever you want anyway. There's always been some element of regulation in terms of what you say. And, and like I said, within just normal, as a social speech and social interaction, if you say something to offend someone and you verbally abuse or assault them, they might punch you in the face. So as far as I'm concerned, when people are like, ah, oh, freedom of speech, what they mean is, I want to be able to say what I want with no consequence. Mm -hmm.
So are we agreeing then that paedophilia against kids is probably the one thing that we wouldn't laugh at and that's the one thing that you know you can't make funny or is you know I've got here a list of things you know the Harvey Weinstein scandal, the Holocaust, Grenfell, are these also in that bracket of things that you just cannot make funny? Well the thing is Or is paedophilia kind of in its own I feel like bracket? That, well, but, but we were discussing all that as a premise though so just saying Grenfell that doesn't necessarily mean that you are making light of the victims. Mm. If you talk about Grenfell, there's a, you could very accurately put that. And even like, for example, like a rape joke for me, it's like just the word alone shouldn't trigger people into shutting down because that's the premise because you could be talking that that word could be used to describe things other than you forcing yourself and sexually assaulting an innocent person. Mm. Or you know, so there's so rather than just saying this subject, leave it alone. I think there should be a lot more of a narrative. Okay. I think I think that rape if, jokes. Uh, no. None I can think of, but then would you? you know, yeah. Would I? That's things. It's for me no because I can't think of a situation where I can make a rape joke funny. Okay. So that's why I'd leave because for my endeavour is to make a good joke, an original joke that I wrote myself that I'd be be funny. So unless it's be it, it would be like you know someone who's a rapist receiving reprisals for their actions, mm -hmm. then I just, like I said unless unless you can make it funny then I, I would, okay. So so Jay, tell me about some of the comics that you think kind of get to that line without crossing it. And they're very, very, because I think we all agree. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, yeah. Dane. Um, obviously, uh, is, is an art. Who, yeah. are the, who are the artists that you feel get to that line, but are very, very cute about how they kind of tread that line? I think comedy also, it, it takes a lot of intelligence. To be a really good comic, you have to have, for me, you have to have real intelligence <laughs> to be a comedian. To be a good comedian. What, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> but for me, like, there are lots of comedians out there, but for me, my favourite comedian of all time, hands down, has always been Richard Pryor. Richard mm -hmm. Pryor is the only comedian that had me literally, like, holding my sides, can't breathe, tears <laughs> running down my face because of how funny he was. And he, he said that you can, you can say whatever you like when it comes to comedy, as long as it's funny. That was his line. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so he was able to do jokes about his heart attack. He was... He was did jokes about him freebasing coke. He did jokes about his divorce. He did jokes about all kinds of things. Oh, so, so, exactly. Yeah. yeah. About his experience. And his life. He wasn't joking about divorce per se or heart attacks oh, per se. He was talking about his actual heart attack and how it felt. And you felt it, but it was still funny. That's a skill. So I think it's down to the comedian. It's mm. down to the skill of the comedian. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and that's the line, it's the skill of the comedian for me. But I guess as well in that respect, it's okay because he is talking directly about himself. So you can't really be get, get I, I don't think you can get offended on that because it's like, oh, he's telling a story about himself, that's funny. He also sort of told jokes about growing up in a brothel and about the woman that ran the brothel and the women and the... And the but again, that's, that's, his, his, that's his experience, experience isn't it? Experience. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, it's and it's true, which definitely works as well. So because he's given an honest account, then again, even if it was potentially offensive, that's that's him giving an anecdote about his own life. And yeah. it's like uh, Scarlett was saying, yeah. it's about truth. So even when we discuss things like stereotypes or like this conflation of Muslims with terrorism, stuff like that, like you said, an intelligent, an intelligent person or someone capable of critical thought is able to separate those. Mm. And maybe it's my own artistic principle that I think as a comic and we're obviously supposed to be speaking objectively about our observations. That's why the observational comic is that you should be really speaking from outside the whole thing. So for me, it's like if if someone is a comic and they do link Muslims terror, for me, it's quite lazy and hack exactly. because it's like mm. more than anybody else, 
people are going are coming to a comic as an artist to hear something they've not normally heard all the time. So I feel like if your narrative just represents the same thing people are hearing in like tabloid newspapers or in mainstream media, it's then it's just lazy. And what, what, or why do they even need you? Because if you're just saying the same thing they could read in a newspaper or a tabloid, then what difference does it make? So see, I was reading an article about this topic actually. It's from, it's from about three years ago in Post. And it was the top of the, the article was headlined, um, when it comes to comedy, is there a line? And there's a line, there's an article, there's a paragraph in that article that says that because nowadays everyone's got their phone, everyone's kind of filming everyone doing everything. For example, and he makes a joke about something really controversial, so something about sexual abuse, for example. I film that, I put it on Instagram or Facebook, it's a one minute clip, it goes viral, Dane's the bad guy. There was a point in this article that was saying that because we're living in that era, this journalist was concerned that that is going to impact on a comic's um, artistic ability to make jokes about subjects that are sensitive. Is that a concern for you that comics might be scared now to go in and, and push the boundaries in certain areas because of fear of being the bad guy when that one clip goes viral? I think most creatives, whether they want to admit it or not, are scared of backlash. They're scared to go onto debate shows and say their honest opinion. They're scared to make jokes of their honest opinion. They're scared because we live in a hypersensitive society. And like you said, people are filming it for one minute, which means that we, as a receiver of that media, we're getting it with no context. So then we're jumping the gun because we've seen this one minute clip and not seen the 25 minutes leading up to that one minute. So I think a lot of people are scared. And I think as a comedian, I can tell when you're scared. I can tell when you're making a joke and you, you, you're, not confident you're, you're hovering around yeah. the line. You don't actually want to deliver the punchline yeah. or you're kind of waiting for the crowd to gear you up. Yeah. You're waiting for me as a, someone who bought my ticket to come and watch you to give you the confidence to get to that point. Do you understand? So I think there is a lot of fear mm -hmm. around you know, repercussions and cancelling culture and all of that, mm -hmm. which is, is a shame, but... The onus is on the individual, on the comedian, to know that one, I'm funny, mm -hmm. and if I'm funny, people are gonna laugh. Mm -hmm. And two, like Dane was saying, like if you are confident in your joke and know that you didn't, your intention was not to offend an individual group of people deliberately, mm -hmm. then deliver your joke. And just adding on to say, because I completely agree. Also, for some comedians, like, well, if you wrote it and you know it'd be offensive, then stand by what the fuck you wrote, yeah, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's a big part of it, is that people are now meandering around trying to be popular and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, and, and to escape backlash. And to me, it's like, well, then, you're, like I said, you're not, really, you're not really applying yourself artistically like you could be. And you don't necessarily have to be like, say stuff that's edgy. Not every comic is edgy, not every mm -hmm. comic is political, which is absolutely fine. But like you said, if you're gonna say something, then stand by it, don't like tiptoe around stuff. Or mm -hmm. really, if you're already molding your uh, comedy or what you're creating to the audience and pandering, then you're better off being a politician. If you wanna say stuff that people mm -hmm. wanna hear, then go be a politician. If you're supposed to be creative, you're supposed to be saying, what you think and you find again and it's a, it's a comes from experience that with most audiences even if they don't agree with you that if you can present a joke uh, which is like an argument like in in a court in the right way in a court of public opinion if you will then people might be like oh, i don't agree with necessarily what he's saying but i respect the fact that he's saying it and he's saying it in this way because like i said i think most people can tell people can tell if you're being insincere people can tell if your points are researched people can tell if you're ignorant 
whether you say it or not. I think people can tell from your delivery in a stand-up situation, yeah. but if you're a comedian online, I think sometimes that's where the lines can get blurred. Mm -hmm. Like I was watching an interview with Little Duval the other day, and he was talking about a joke, well, he wasn't, he was challenged on a joke that he made online um, about retards. Um, about what? Retards. Okay. So, and he had to take it back. He, he said, yeah, you he, can't even use that word anymore. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and so he had to d delete the tweet, delete all, mm. all mention of it online, um, took a big backlash from. So I think there is also scope for a, a comedian to say what they like, mm. um, but learn in that moment if they do get that backlash that actually this is not acceptable. And I also think that what's happened, maybe that's different to the landscape for comedians than in any other time is that what's, what's acceptable, and I think we've spoken about it, Sean, what's acceptable and not acceptable is being defined or redefined in real time. Mm -hmm. So all of that, that one week it might be okay to wear a Trump hat, but next week it's not for all sorts of reasons. And probably the debate that went on in that week um, by different people online, schooling themselves, educating themselves, actually being open to different points that they might have had and harboured themselves without actually putting it out there. So I think that the landscape is very, um, it's, it's, it's a moving mm. it's quite fluid. plane at the moment. It's yeah. not it's not static it's, at it's all. Very, it's very dynamic. But, I, but at the same time, I feel like, as, a, as only speaking from the perspective of a comic, it is dynamic, but what can remain, well, not necessarily, in, and as an artist, you're, you're supposed to be dynamic in what you're creating anyway. So you're supposed to be evolving yourself. And does not really mean that that happens at the same speed? But essentially, I think as uh, what's accepted, not social nomenclature changes or uh, attitude change towards things. I think the important thing is like, yeah, maintain your own principles and stuff. There's there is no like I said because of how the uh, social media and the internet democratized like audiences and our eyes and what we can see. Then you know you just find your niche and you find your audience. So like some people might not like what you're saying, but I think yeah. Stick to who you are, then you're gonna like uh, meet the audience that have an affinity with what you're saying anyway. But I think a lot of time it's like for any artist, I think no one is universally loved and no one's universally hated. And whether or not you like it, you can try and err on the side of caution and not try and offend some people. Some people will just hate you just for how you look. They, yeah, people so can, people can make so there's yeah. enough you can do. You can, people can make a decision about you based on your appearance before you even start, which is why a lot of comics they open up their set by saying, "I know what you're thinking," because we already know that people already have drawn conclusions about who they think you are based on your appearance. Yeah, before you even open your mouth, anyway. Um, who who's the modern day Richard Pryor? Who's the comic now that we feel gets it right, takes risks but doesn't quite cross that line of taking liberties or you know what I mean? Uh, well, yeah, that was a bit too far. Is there a comic right now that we rate in that way? Oh dear. There's no one out there right now who's doing it. I would say, I mean, it's hard to say because it's, it's almost like Richard Pryor began a new school of comedy. Mm -hmm. So there's so many other people that have been influenced by him to say that one person, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So rather than just being like a natural successor, he's kind of birthed so many other people mm -hmm. uh, as a result. Um, but actually, even Richard Pryor was told by Bill Cosby that he was crossing the line with his material. And it's funny how, you know, <laughs> someone who was clean on stage and who they, you know, despite their narrative, who they were off stage. So, you know, it kind of helps the point to dovetail that, like, you know, necessarily what you're saying, because you maybe represent an embellished version of yourself, then, you know, Richard Pryor was somebody who cared about animal rights and stuff and, you know, and was a rape victim himself and was outspoken about that. Um, Whereas Bill Cosby, despite his narrative, obviously we're finding out a lot more. He's very different to who he portrayed himself to be on stage. But um, I'd say the closest for me, I would say, would probably be uh, Dave Chappelle. And that's because even Richard Pryor himself said he passed the torch to Chappelle after seeing Chappelle's show. And, you know, yeah, I'd say Chappelle's probably the closest in that, like, he, uh, he's kind of been prophetic in some of the stuff he's spoken about. 
Um, and I think he is, you know, he's addressed a lot of issues that some people stay away from. And, you know, and in some respects has, has attracted uh, a lot of backlash, uh, especially with some of the recent staff. Like he's discussed, like, you know, trying to end the politics and obviously he's always discussed race relations. And um, yeah, he's, uh, I'd say, probably one, one of the people at the moment. Uh, Bill Burr is another one. I like Chris Rock as well. I think yeah, he, I think he yeah, challenges the status. Do you think he's, do you think he is? Early day, early day Chris Rock was much more. Oh, actually, I went to see him. I was early this year or last year and he was, he was, he was good. Yeah, he touched yeah, on things that, you know, conversations that, you, mm. you know, people are uncomfortable yeah. having. Okay. Um, but a lot of it was related to his own experience. So. Yeah, it was personal. Yeah, it was personal. Which, which I think is always, and that's still always the best way. I think the best way, the, the way for comics or any artist, if you are going to genuinely give an account or you're going to do something which, whether it's offensive or not, if it is from somewhere, from a place of honesty and you are being genuine, mm. there's only so much, I mean, why you may, incur a backlash there's only so much you can be affected by it because you, you can't lie about who you are or your experiences hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 